You're listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Chris and Jana are parents of three, life and business partners who share their personal development techniques so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 55. Yes, and on this episode, guys, we did a little bit of a throwback. We actually recorded this in February, and you'll hear me and Jonna have really bad cold, potentially COVID. Pretty sure we had COVID based on (laughs) how miserable we were, but... Yeah, you were like probably like a 14-day cold that was super extensive. Two urgent care visits, and then you strep and flu, yeah, anyways. So... But today we're excited because this interview was with Pastor Andy Ryder, and I feel like the topics we cover in this episode or in this interview with him are really relevant, actually, for where many of us are today. So, Andy. Andy is, like John said, he is is a pastor. Uh, He's actually a musician and a father. I I believe he said he had four, didn't he? No, three. Three? Okay, three. Unless unless he's had four, because it's it's, it's been a while, right? (laughs) Um, And he's a self-proclaimed part-time adventurer as well. He is uh, he's a big fan of uh, going to the mountains on his uh, on his bike and all that stuff that I I probably would never do. So (laughs) you want to do? I would like to, but yes, he. Yeah, I think I think I'll live vicariously through him watching him do those things. But yeah, so like John said, a lot of great things we covered in this. Uh, we found Andy because he wrote an article called Life Doesn't Care If You're Ready. And we wanted to have him on the show to expand on that and many other things. So without further ado, here's Andy Ryder. Andy Ryder, welcome to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast, man. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, it's great to be here with you guys. Okay, I guess yeah. All right. You always, you <laughs> anyway. always dive in. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. So so Andy is a a pastor at Crossroads Church in Dayton, Ohio. And I mean, dude, tell us more about yourself first. I'm I'm super interested in uh, in your background and just everything about you, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. So talking about myself is like top ten least favorite things to do, but <laughs> oh. uh, but here here we go. Um, Pastor, like you said, Crossroads mm-hmm. Dayton, that's a, that's a relatively new position for me. Been in the job for about um, a year, and that represents a pretty significant uh, change in direction for me and for my life and for my family. Um, secondly, uh, father of three kids, four and under. So yes, our life is insane. And no, we don't sleep very well. Um, <laughs> I would yeah. say three wonderful kids is so like... As hard as it is, it's way more fun and way sweeter than it is hard, and it's nuts. Um, I, I have a big uh, heart for people, love, love, love people, um, and love, love, love adventure. And so those are those are two of the sort of things that I just kind of anchor my life around. And um, yeah, and so trying to look for more ways to uh, to connect those two dots and in people's. question. So if you were, you've only been a pastor there for a year, what did you do before? Yep. So before that was a, uh, was a musician sort of music was my 
world and sort of had been my focus primarily in and around churches, but a little bit doing the gigging thing outside of that. Um, but it, it just represented uh, just one of the, I, I think we all have those, those sort of moments in our lives where we just sort of sense a change in direction is coming and, and like, Hey, it's time for a new chapter. And maybe we don't sense it coming, but we're just sort of dragged through it, kicking and screaming. I was a bit of a bit of both. And, um, Stepped into pastoring in Dayton uh, just over a year ago and ended up being a really, really crazy time to jump into that. Uh, Dayton had, I think, 13 or 14 uh, big tornadoes come through right after I sort of got into the position and sort of just thousands of people without power, or tens of thousands of people without power, thousands of homes destroyed. And uh, it was just a major, major thing. So I thought I was stepping into a new position as a pastor, I was also stepping into another new position, just trying to figure out how to do disaster response and jumping um, into the middle of literally what looked like a war zone. Um, and just and then months after that, we also had um, was national news again, unfortunately, um, but had a major shooting in the Oregon district, um, just a number of miles from, from where my family and I live. And uh, it's one of those things that that has been on the news uh, nonstop. We've had um, our country has had over 500 mass shootings in uh, well, in 2019 alone. Oh my! Um, oh, oh my! Yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Um, to the point where it doesn't even get press. You know. Wow. Um, but figuring out how to respond to that and uh, and pastor people through that, and the reality is, the uh, there's a school that might that. Crossroads Dayton, our church meets in, um, the shooter was actually, he went to school there. Like he worked oh at the Chipotle. He worked oh, at the wow. Chipotle where I get my burritos. And so no having that, like that kind of thing, just, uh, right in front of you and sort of, um, highlight in a way where it's not far off in terms of geography. It's not far off in terms of, uh, just the abstract. It's like right there, like right yeah. there in your backyard. Um, it just, it, it puts that stuff in a, in a new light, um, sure. in a really, really powerful way. Sure. No, man, actually that hit home for me too, because I grew up in Dayton. Um, I know that. yeah, just, just a few minutes from the Oregon district. My sister works at the Oregon district, um, actually yeah, runs yeah. a business, um, there and so. yeah. And, uh, right. Uh, well, Good. yeah, well, um, anyway, so, so yeah, I, I definitely, uh, Gosh, that, that was a crazy time for me as well. You know, all the tornadoes coming through from Troutwood and, yeah. um, you know, just uh, obviously the shooting and all those things. So, Andy, it's it's interesting you talk about those things. And I think it kind of tees up our our conversation today really well, because the reason that we um, kind of discovered you was John saw a really awesome article on Crossroads.net called Life Doesn't Care If You're Ready. Yeah. Yeah, I read that article and I mean, I literally messaged you immediately because it resonated with me so much. And in the things that we talk about just on the podcast alone, talking about personal growth, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but something that I thought perfectly summed up for me how we feel, but I, I don't, I, it's some, it's simple, but I've never worded it this way. Is just growth plus faith is what you yeah. talked about a little bit in that because sometimes we joke that we feel like we have a cheat code because of our faith because we've had we've had God very miraculously give us almost 
physical answers to things yeah. we've prayed about in the last year, especially. Um, so I, I really, yeah, I reach out. I want to talk to you about this whole, basically what I call the cheat code and in life, not caring if you're ready. Like you said, you, you thought you're just going to take this position and maybe you would kind of learn it as you go. And you just had to be ready and just dove right in. Yeah. Yeah. That the article that you mentioned, like I, I literally wrote it like as we were waiting I, I was in the delivery room. My wife was in labor, but you know, delivery was still like a ways off. I was sitting on that, like, you know, those horrible, like they're, they're made by some engineer to make mm-hmm. you as uncomfortable as close as possible to your pregnant <laughs> right. wife, I think. Um, so sitting in this terrible, as you should be, at, it's fair. Hey, it's sure. totally, totally fair. Um, I hope my wife doesn't hear that because, or any other woman who's given birth because they <laughs> just have free range to punch me in the neck. But, uh, sure. but the thing I would, I would say is that, so I was sitting there writing this and was just like, man, this is one of the biggest things that can happen in your life. And we had no control. Like we had doctors there. Sure. There's medication. Sure. There's monitoring. Sure. Um, but this is ultimately not up to us. This is, you know, there, there's just, I think we have this illusion of control and influence over our lives. It's just um, exaggerated. And there are these moments like the birth of a child, like a tornado, like, you know, where you're just reminded, hey, there's more going on here than I can control. And I can either look at that as something that's going to shut me down, something that's going to make me concerned or fearful or... um you know, fight, flight, or freeze, or something that's going to encourage us to lean in and to look at it ahead of time as not just a hard thing that's coming our way, not just an obstacle, not just a challenge, um, but as an opportunity for growth. And so you mentioned the, you mentioned the, uh, you mentioned the cheat code there. And, and I, 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 it's absolutely like something that's through the pages of the Bible, through the pages of the Bible where, um, God, Jesus doesn't come to say like, Hey, great, come and find me. And your life is going to go great and go easy. It's actually, his promises are very, very different than that. And I think we oftentimes miss that, um, or at least people in the church oftentimes. Sure. Miss that. Oh, big time. It, so in the article, something I really liked that, that you talked about was the fixed versus growth mindset. Uh, and I know I, I read a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck that um, that talked about that as well. I don't know if you ever had a chance to, to read that piece, but uh, no. really, really good. Uh, but yeah, can you can you kind of explain the fixed versus the growth mindset that you were referring to? Yeah, uh, loosely. There, there, I, I forget what what sort of article I, I initially read about this in, but there, there's um, basically when we are as people presented with a situation or an experience or an obstacle that is outside of our current experience. It doesn't look like um, the things that we've done before, the things that we've been challenged before. A fixed mindset says, I have not done this before. I, I, I have not done this before. And therefore, I do not have the resources, the capacity, the potential, the resiliency to meet this need. Um, and it's a really, it's a really like apples to apples to apples thing. I have not done this and therefore I cannot do that. And um, compare and contrast that versus a growth mindset that, that doesn't look at the needs of the situation or the obstacle versus what you currently have. It looks at um, 
your past track record of growth and says, Hey, in the past I was here and I grew this much, or I, you know, the way I often sort of oftentimes articulate it for myself is like, you know, like imagine a stick shift. Uh, like I found another gear. I realized I, I used to be a four speed. Now I'm a five speed or used to be a five speed. Now I'm a six speed. Um, just as a way to articulate, you know, it's not whether I currently have the stuff that I need or have the exact experience that would say you can do that thing because you've done it. But instead it's this thing of like, I, I, I know that I have a track record of growth. I can look back and say, I grew by X percent or in such and such a way. And if I can extrapolate that out against what's down the pike or what challenge is coming or kid number three, when I remember Ooh, how I, I grew you, kid number one, like it's just a different thing. And so um, I think a lot of us are locked into that fixed mindset, which is just, it's just limiting. Would you say that reflection on the times that you have succeeded or you have grown in the past is like the key to moving through that fixed mindset? Because I know so many of us, we stay still because of, I mean, I'm guilty of it, of being like, well, I've never, I've never accomplished this before. So I don't know if I have the capacity. Um, I, I, am I making sense? I think so. Okay. Sorry. I feel like <clears throat> I'm losing yeah. my train of thought. So would you say that the way to get through that fixed mindset is by simply thinking about all the times you've gotten through before? Like, having a third kid is scary. Like, how am I going to do this? You're like, well, having one kid was scary and having the second kid was also scary, but Hey, they're still alive. So yeah. somehow I'm going to get through this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think it's, I think it's it may sure it's lots of things, but at least in my, in my mind, it's at least two things. One is what you just sort of described. That's, that's, I, I can look back. I have enough sort of wherewithal and clarity to look back at my life and say, here's where I grew in capacity. Here, here's the things that stretched me and were really challenging. And here's the good things that came out of that and the way that I saw myself sort of come through. And the second, um, the second is like, what are your expectations for how easy or not easy your life is going to be? And if your expectation is that your life is supposed to generally be easy, um, anything that, that contradicts that is going to be really, really hard news. But if we expect something different, if we expect, yes, life is going to be hard and that's going to be opportunities for me to grow. It, it, we just experience those things differently. We're not as, we're not as surprised or shocked by them. And there, there's a, uh, just, I'm a pastor. And so I'll, I'll throw a verse in there that I think, you know, Christians love their Bible verses, but I think we love like 12 of them. And then the 12 <laughs> right. like, sunshiniest, <laughs> rainbowest ones possible. Um, and we like to put them, you know, set them in like a cursive font over like a nature background and say, Ooh, mm, for I know the plans mm -hmm. I have for you. Mm, I was love just, that. yeah, right. That. Yeah. That's the one. Uh, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Um, so here's one, here's one that doesn't belong with that background and it's first Peter four twelve. And this is, this is Jesus talking. He says, dear friends. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come to test you as though something strange were happening to you. <laughs> hey, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal as if something strange were happening. Like sure. when life is hard, we shouldn't be surprised. Like, oh, this is, I couldn't have anticipated this. But even as Christians, excuse me, I feel like so much we uh, get mad at God when things are not going well because we're like 
in the moment we're frustrated like hey i'm i'm following you i'm doing this i'm doing this why is this so hard i mean i get like that just in parenting sometimes um so what i really liked about your article was i don't know you kind of called out and said when it comes to the fixed and growth mindset it seems like a lot of a lot of us christians are the ones to blame when it comes to uh you know, representing a growth mindset because we say we have faith. We say, we say we are, we are ready to go take on the world. But, but then at some level we put limitations on God because we're like, Oh, well, you know, it's still got to be in our comfort zone. So can you speak to that? I mean, I think, I think it's exactly what you said. We're, we're putting a limit on, on God and therefore putting a limit on the growth that's possible for us. And I think it's, it's ultimately, what do we think Jesus promised us. How do we, how do we, what do we really think he meant when he said, Hey, I've come to not just to give you life, but to give you life abundantly or life to the full. Does that mean comfort? Does that mean ease? Does that mean convenience? I I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think, I think, you know, to liken it to this, to this podcast, like, um, I, I think what Jesus really is promising there is growth is an opportunity to be a part of things that we couldn't have come up with on our own. And, and it's just been the last couple of days, but I've just had this like little thought echoing in my, in my head, just for me personally, I don't know, you know, I don't put this on anybody else, but it's that Jesus didn't come to die for my comfort zone. Jesus mm. didn't come to die for my comfort zone. Like he's not, he's just not really concerned about it. He, he cares, I guess. But I think it's like the 40th thing on his priority list for me is my level of comfort with whatever's happening. Sure. Sure. So super intriguing um, that you say that. So something I'll, I'll explain to someone like my, my online health coaching clients is I'll talk about the comfort zone, the stretch zone, and the panic zone, right? How we need to stay away from the panic zone, but then we also need to stay away from the comfort zone because the comfort zone represents why we are where we are, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we're not going to grow if we're in a state where we're constantly comfortable. Uh, and so, yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting you say that. Yeah there's a uh, there's a book that i read recently called the the talent code a really really fantastic book and he basically looks at all of these talent hotspots from um football in brazil to the navy seals to uh this little violin school in the northeast like all these variety and he says like what are the common threads that come through where people really where where growth becomes this um this inordinate thing where there's this immense growth uh, potential that isn't there elsewhere. And one of the main things that he calls out and he says, this is, this is present in any of these talent hotspots. And it's exactly what you described. It's that, it's that stretch zone said classical musicians can do in 15 minutes can, can equal the amount of a week worth of practice. If they're practicing in this stretch zone, if they're Mm -hmm. practicing in the zone where failure is, is possible but not guaranteed. It's not the panic zone. Like you said, I hadn't heard those three sort of categories, but I I like them and they line up really, really well with this. But Mm -hmm. where in our lives are we in the stretch zone? Where in our lives are we in that, in that spot where failure is possible and it's going to require more of us than we have. Um, That's, that's where really, really amazing stuff happens. And it's, it's intuitive. Like it's common sense. We know it from working out or whatever, but when we liken it to our finances or our relationships or, 
illness or a death in the family or whatever, man, that kind of discomfort, we just try and get away from as quickly as possible. And I think I, I do it too. This, is, this isn't an indictment on anybody but myself. Sure, sure. Um, but I, I think there's we're just missing out on something. Well, I think that's no secret that, at least for me, some of the best people, some of the strongest people, some of the kindest people you come across have been through the deepest hurts or the worst pains or the people who have the biggest faith are the ones who have gone through the unthinkable, like losing a child or a, a spouse or something. So I think that really speaks to, like you were saying earlier, how do we grow? How how would we get to be who we're made to be if we just kind of coasted through yeah. life? Yeah. That's, that's honestly, that's, that's one of the things that's, that's, just personal to me, if I can, if I can be honest, not the kind of thing that like I love to talk about. Sure. Um, but there, there was a time, a time in my life where I just recognized, like I expected comfort. I expected life to go well because I was generally doing the things I was supposed to do. I felt like God owed me, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had six people in my extended family uh, die. It was like every four months I was at somebody's funeral, um, culminating with my mom and my sister who passed away 11 months apart. And it like, it like broke something in me in a really, really challenging way. But I think in a, uh, I think in a really, really important way where I just, I, I learned not in like a resignation that life is miserable, but in a, in a way of, um, no life, life isn't in its nature easy. There, there is hard stuff that comes along and the things that, um, the things that God put into me as a result of that hardship, um, have been really, really good. And it's not a one for one. It's not a trade. It's not an exchange, but it's a, a potential for growth in the midst of hard things that just, that just is there. And you're exactly right. We, we see that in people who have, um, you know, su- suffering isn't a word that we like to use, but it's an important mm-hmm. word. And uh, for people who have suffered, they they just understand the nature of of this kind of growth. I think better than than many of us do. Well, and I feel like it gives those of us who have suffered a different perspective, like you kind of said earlier, on life and what actually is important in the day to day. Yeah. Yep. So I I think there are two different directions we can go with this, as far as um. So one being, I'm starting to lose my train of thought for some reason. I I don't know why. I think it's, yeah, it's like the head cold we have going on and all this mess. (laughs) Um, Plus the kids and the Yeah, I don't know if you know that we're in the same boat as you. Yeah. Three, four under, and then we're pregnant with number four. Yes. Congrats. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's, we're excited, but we're, we're definitely, I, I feel that feeling of, how are we going to do this? How are we going to, how are we going to bring another person into this world? I got my thought back. There we go. My thought is this. So, so there's two different directions we can go from a growth perspective. It's, it's, you know, I thought I'd be further by now. Why am I not further by now? Uh, Should we have another kid? Do we have the money to go do this? Should I quit my job and live my passions? Cause I live one life. Um, It's that direction. But, but then there's also the element of, of, um, you know, things happen that are unexpected, right? Mm-hmm. And how, how do we grow through those? So I want to cover them both because they're, they're really big things. So, so the first one, you know, if, I mean, let's, let's take 
that couple who needs a big move in their life because they're like, what are we doing? Like it's monotony. Like we're not happy. Uh, some, something has to change. Uh, you know, where do you start? Loaded question. Loaded. I know. I totally yeah, know. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you have to start. I think you have to start with honesty. I think you have to start with looking really, really honestly at why you're making the decisions you're making and, and why staying put is why you've stayed put. Um, and, and I, th- I'll, I'll just like spoiler alert. I, I'll tell you what I believe the answer is in 98% of the, the situations. And that's, that's fear. Oh, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's the what if, and, um, there's a great quote that says fear is a misuse of the imagination. Uh, you know, fe- fear is using our creative energies to imagine something that hasn't happened yet. A, 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 a bad possible result. Um, and fear, you know, uh, fear is just one of those things that gets, while it can be useful, it gets way more credit than it deserves. And, um, if you're not, ha- if, if you're not happy, um, in a relationship to, to actually look at that full in the face and ask why that is, if you're not happy in a job and to look at that really honestly, if you're not happy in, um, whatever, whatever the thing is to look really honestly at it and ask, why am I, why am I content with this? Why am I staying put? I think the answer is usually going to be fear. And I'll tell you for, for me, so to sort of pick up where I, where I left off in the, um, this is sort of the the bridge between those two things, uh, those two paths that you mentioned. But for me, after all those people in my life passed away, um, I was, I was, I didn't know what to do. Um, but I, looking back on, I was depressed and I just, I needed to, I was like, what, what's something that I can do to sort of kickstart my life that I can, I can have something that I'm working towards something that I'm hopeful for. And so I did what any, you know, reasonable 20 something would do. Um, I had a few dollars scraped together. So I bought a motorcycle and I started traveling, uh, around the country and actually around all from the top, like the Arctic circle in Alaska and the Yukon, all the way, all the way down through central and South America to the Southern tip of Argentina, which is the southernmost point in the world. Um, and for me, it wasn't cause I had, you know, like I wanted to do some traveling. I had a little bit of the wanderlust thing, but it really wasn't that at all. For me, it was, um, for me, it was, I, I want to do something that is going to grow me. I want to do something that's going to require something of me every day. And for me, I think it was that it was that it was growing that growth mindset or developing that in me for the first time that I just hadn't ever, like, I think I'd just been so complacent. And so used to just going with the flow that, um, I, I just found out there was a part of my growth, um, that was really, really stunted. And I, I think that's, I think that's common in millennials. I think it's common in people and, um, you called it out before. I think it's, I think it's the underlying thing that makes that, that's such a common millennial sentiment of what you mentioned, but that's the, uh, uh, the, I thought I would be further along by now oh, sure. in any category of like, like, so for me, this was a, this was a breaking point where I knew I had to, to opt in to a different direction. Um, I have so many questions that I, that probably take us on a whole different path about just your trip alone. I think that's so cool. And I tell you what, him and I are always talking about how we need something 
like that, like maybe not that because, you know, we have a lot of kids, but right. <laughs> something to push us out of our comfort zone. And I, I think even having kids has done that for, for us mentally, totally. challenged us in a lot of ways. Um, well, I, I feel I know you're having a tough time collecting thoughts. We're both sick. All these things are happening. But um, well, so I think what you said is true, right? So I think there's there are two uh, two extremes here. One is you you do something like you did, where you know you change the trajectory of your life, of your of your level of self development, your level of toughness, and you go take that trip, which is phenomenal. Um, but then I think there are really practical ways to to change things up, um, you know, just in our own lives. Like uh, for instance, something I've done recently is I feel like I I don't like the cold. And I am, uh, I am, I'm not like your man's man. I can fix a bunch of things and all that stuff. But like, I, I know that since I don't like the cold and I don't, I don't really like the outdoorsy stuff. Um, I decided to like start doing workouts in a park in the morning, um, at like 6am, you know, 15, 20 degrees. And like, that's lit me up. Cause I've been like, this sucks. Like this really freaking sucks, but it sounds real but, terrible. It is terrible, <laughs> but um, but yeah, just just being out there. It's actually a fitness class here in, in Cincinnati, but um, just being out there with with people who are in the same spot. Like, no one wants to be out there in the cold, right? But but you almost like start your day with something that creates a level of adversity that you can push through, and then your, your mind's in a much healthier place, kind of moving forward into the day. So you know, just really small things like that. But what about for the people who? don't have that kind of mindset yet. They've never even heard of doing True. something like that. And whenever adversity hits, they they retract, they go into a hole, they get depressed, like you were talking about earlier, and they don't have anybody telling them, well, hey, you need something to look forward to, or you need to grow yourself, or you need to find God. Like, how, how do we, what if somebody's listening right now, and this is all like mind-blowing to them? So they're there's this formula for change. It, it, it was this thing that a psychologist first developed or first sort of articulated, I think in the sixties. Um, but it's just sort of stuck with me and it's basically, uh, change equals. So he said, C equals dissatisfaction times vision times first steps. When the value of those things is greater than the resistance to change, that's when you'll experience change. And to, so to put that differently, um, and to, to sort of liken it to, to the situation you mentioned, like somebody's never sort of asked these questions or never begun to lean into this stuff. It, it's the same, it's the same equation that, that we're all sort of presented with anytime we have an opportunity to, to change and it's change is going to happen when our level of dissatisfaction with what's currently happening is multiplied times the vision, the picture that we have for what's possible times our ability to take a first step. We don't have to do the whole thing. We don't have to go zero to 60, but a first step of, you know, for me, I'm not going to be out working out in a park at 6 a.m. But for me, do you know, uh, one step in that direction um, would be good when, when the value of dissatisfaction, vision, and first steps is greater than resistance to change. And what's resistance? What's going to be resistance to change? It's going to be everything from fear to comfort to complacency to just not knowing what to do. When those things outweigh the resistance to change, we're going to experience that. And so um, I, I found it to be a helpful exercise to just write out what those things are and what what's the driving 
what's the driving vision for what what I want to happen, and what's what's the things that are going to be most resistant to the change that that I want to experience, and and it, you know a a dumb formula that would fit on a PowerPoint presentation like that's not going to change your life. That's not going to lead to growth for you, but your ability to look honestly at where you are and then like look up towards the horizon a little bit, not just sort of staring at your own feet or what's one step in front of you, but to, to look up and say, what do I want for my marriage? What do I want for my family? What do I want um, for my career? And then what am I willing to do now that's going to make that ultimate preferred reality more likely to happen that that's where that's where the the magic happens i i think i totally agree i love that and i feel like it's basically a self-audit auditing where you're at why you're there having that self-awareness which this actually takes us like all the way back to the beginning of this podcast we talked about that being the first step is being self-aware and then yeah just tiny tiny little steps forward which well well, good sorry just the notion of being like just a little better every day, yeah. right? Um, like those 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 compounding habits and understanding that that yes, it's scary, but like here's what's really unique. Um, I think Tony Robbins said it in a conference one time. He asked everybody. He's like, so who thinks they have problems? And everyone raised their hand, and he said, who thinks their problems are unique, right? And then you know a series of people raised their hands, and then he started picking people out and saying, what's your problem? And then who else has that problem? And, you know, hundreds of hands go up. And so you have to realize that the people who have done great things, accomplished great things, had the extra kid, uh, you know, started the business, done all of these things that were in their stretch zone, out of their comfort zone. Well, they and we <laughs> were scared too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we all start with a level of fear, but I love, I love what you said um, within that formula because it's true. There does have to be a level of dissatisfaction um, of just feeling like, man, like, I'm not happy and something has to change. But but the sad reality, and I'm I'm sure you can agree with this, Andy, is so many people are just paralyzed yeah. by the dissatisfaction the dissatisfaction they're in. They're paralyzed and they're doing nothing about it. Yep. Well, for me, that's where I decided to change because I finally realized the fear for me was my life continuing to be what it was and not figuring out how to take a step forward. So I feel like you almost have to hit that that rock bottom to actually look up a little bit. But not not everybody does. No. Nope. I can't read my own handwriting. What did I say? <laughs> uh, waiting to be re- in, It's in your article. Waiting to be ready is a myth. A myth. That sounds like something I would say. <laughs> so so in your article, life doesn't care if you're ready. You say waiting to be ready is a myth. And I feel like that touches on a lot that we've covered, but can you expand on that thought? Can you debunk it? Because so many people, Christians and non-Christians alike, we hear say like, well, how do you know you were ready for another kid? Or how did you know you were ready to shut down your business or do this or do that? Like, you never, we never ever felt ready ever. Yeah. Yeah. And... There's, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely a point where we can take on too much. Um, but I think that that's not most of our, that's not most of our situation. Um, I think we, as we, as people give ourselves far too little credit, we are, we are better at change than we give ourselves credit for. 
we are better at at you know we're better at shifting than than we're oftentimes aware of and so that 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 myth of like i have to have everything lined up before i can have a kid i have to have everything lined up before i can propose i have to have everything lined up before um i can you know jump from making my side hustle to my main thing um that's just uh, that you're waiting for something that likely will not happen there might be a few people but um it's really worth like it's it's a worthwhile study to read the biographies or the autobiographies of people you admire and people who accomplish something that you'd like to sort of echo or or recreate in your own life and um the, it, this stuff always ac- is accompanied by risk if you think you're going to accomplish anything worthwhile, anything great without some level of risk. You are mm-hmm. kidding yourself. You're mm. kidding yourself. So then let's take this a faith direction here. What about for those of us out there who want to hear from God first, but don't really know, you know, they want to make the decision. They're trying to be smart about it, but they want to know that it's God's will for their lives, but they don't know how to hear from God. How, how do you, how do you decipher if you're being foolish or if, like if it's your own or if it is, you know, yeah, because it's easy to like pray and, and like will yourself to think, well, I think God's saying, yeah, but like, yep. how do you, I know there's no, like he doesn't audibly come down and give you like a stamp of, or not audibly, you know what I mean? He doesn't sure. come down and give you a stamp of approval, but what do you say to those people who are seeking and they just don't know if they're hearing from God? I, I, it's a gr- it's a great question. It's a great question. The 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 three sort of obvious answers are prayer, Bible community. Like if you're if you're contemplating jumping off the cliff, hey, r- see what the Bible says to, to say about it. See what your your trusted trusted uh, friends, people who love you and love the Lord, um, see what they have to say about it, and um, and then just pray and and go for discernment, sort of on your own. But so those three things, yes, those are always good things to lean into. Um, but again, to the self audit thing, you need to know what your natural tendency is. I have friends who their natural tendency is to jump at everything is, is to jump off. They've jumped off so many cliffs. Like, it's just like, dude, you haven't done anything long enough to be faithful and see how that's going to go for you. Um, your tendency is to, is you're just like a, a squirrel with shiny things where you just run after this way, that way, that way. Sure. Um, if that's your tendency, be really, really careful. Um, sure. I think most of us are in the opposite camp where our tendency is just to like keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, because we can't imagine something different. If that's our tendency, um, we need to be really, really, uh, really, really attentive to any leaning, any, sense any um word that that god might be saying something different um i heard somebody say you know god made us god loves us he made us the way he made us for a reason and so when he speaks to us his voice sounds like ours but it says things different than what we would come up with on our own and so if you have a a a gut sense that's different from your natural tendency i I think that's the first filter of say like hey hmm this, this might be more than just a wild hair, an idea that popped into my head. And then take that, lean into it, run it through, um, 
run it through those filters of Bible prayer and community. And the only caveat I'll say in community is if all your friends have the same tendency that you do and are super conservative <laughs> or, yeah. or like, just be careful of that. Make sure. sure you have people that, that, um, that are, that hear from, hear from God at least as well as you do. Yeah, no, man. I think that, I think that is a great, a great way to put it and explain it, especially filtering it through, through those things, prayer, Bible and community. I think you are spot on. Um, it's funny when Jonna answered that, or I'm sorry, when Jonna asked that question, I thought to myself, well, we just did this. <laughs> so like, so I was kind of reflecting on how we made our decision and I don't know how much you know about our story, Andy, but like um, our listeners know, but basically I ran my own fitness studio. She was a stay at home mom. Um, things were good. We we're making money, doing what we needed to do, creating impact in the fitness world, all that. And then um, I literally asked God, I was like, Hey, I don't think I've asked you this. It's been 10 years. You know, am I supposed to keep doing this? And it became very evident that I was not. And then through separate, you know, prayer times, um, we both came together and she was like, you're going to kill me, but I think we're going to shut down the business. And so we got these very interesting signs, right? But then we we went off on a trip together and we were like, okay, like let's really think this through and pray and figure this out. And the funny thing is, man, if you talk about, if you talk about um, prayer, it was a matter of like, okay, like it's God, Chris and Jana, right? And then if you talk about community, everyone thought we were crazy. Yeah, like, that piece was missing. For nobody, us. nobody saw you know, any type of sense in that. They're like, why would you shut down your business? You have, you know, no, no income coming in, anything like that. What's the you plan just here? A house, you have a family. Yeah. You're starting a podcast. What are you talking about? You know? Right. So, so I think for us, as I'm reflecting on this though, what it really came down to is, um, we thought, you know what? Like, I feel like, you know, God wants us to live a somewhat aggressive life. God, yep. God wants us to take risks. And I will say growing up in the church, um, all those things, but being a one foot in one foot out Christian at one point that the risks we've taken and the things we have done have brought us collectively closer to God than we have ever been because I mean, we've had to hold on to him this yeah. whole time. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think, I think it's the same thing that's true for us as individuals that, that these kind of leaning into the risk, leaning into the challenge, those are the things that, that grow us the same way going to the gym and having something that offers resistance, like we'll grow your muscles. I, I think it's the same thing for us as individuals. And I think what you guys just, just described and what I've experienced is the same thing is true for our marriages. You know, when we are, when we're put in a situation where as, as a couple, where there is resistance, where there's obstacles that we have to overcome, man, that that's where that two becoming one, like where, where we really lean into each other, that our marriage gets better and our capacity grows. And, uh, I, you know, I think you could do lots of great stuff, but if the goal of your life is comfort, you're going to miss out on a lot, on a lot. And similarly, yes. If the goal of your marriage is comfort, you're going to, your marriage is going to miss out on a lot. And you're so blind. Out, yeah, right. You're, you're just going to, you're not going to get all the good things that, that I, I believe God has to, has to offer because difficulty, challenge, opportunities that require trust, that that's, I think one of the, the best and his favorite tools that he has to work out stuff in us and in our lives. Totally. I mean, I say all the time and sometimes people think I'm crazy. We went through a terribly hard time that could have and almost broke us. 
And I'm so thankful for that time because now I'm so much more aware of where our relationship actually stands because we had to actually go through the worse, you know, the better and the worse in your vows. And yeah, it's hard to say you're thankful for hard times when you're in them. Right. But when you come onto the other side of them is when, I don't know, I'm grateful for it. Yeah, absolutely. So Andy, here's a question for you as we kind of, uh, as we kind of close this episode out, um, you know, we, one of the biggest reasons we wanted to have you on here is because we're like, you know what, when we started this show, we felt like God was like, Hey, start a podcast. And we're like, okay, that's weird. Cool. Um, so, so we started this podcast called grow yourself, grow your marriage. And quickly we realized, you know, Hey, we like this. This is cool. We're, we're sharing personal development tips and all of these, all, all of these self growth things. And then we started to realize that the narrative started to become, you know, Christian John's marriage and, you know, all of their, all of their, you know, relational success, achievement, growth, whatever came from personal growth, self-development. And that's not the case at all. And God started to whack us upside the head. And he's like, no, 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 That's not why I had you start this podcast. So really interested to know um, is, you know, where's that balance of personal growth and still like relying on your faith? That's a great question. (sighs) Or as a pastor in general, what is your opinion on the whole term personal growth? Because it's, yeah, it's like yeah. a buzz thing these days. Totally. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's sort of, it's been at least a few decades now that it's it's kind of become a religion in its own right. You know, self-actualization or be the best you that you can be, you know, whatever. Like, um, it's kind of become... Um, a religion in itself. And I think that that misses out on something because if, if the goal of, if the, if the goal of our lives is just for us to be as great as we can be, um, we're, we're still only going, we're, we're still going to be limited or capped by what's, by what's possible with us and our efforts. So God cares deeply, deeply, deeply about our growth, but that's a means to an end for him. That growth requires us to lean into him. And that, that, that results in us getting closer to him as we are grown. Um, so I, I think it's a, I think there's great stuff in this sort of, uh, genre or, or sort of worldview that that's around personal growth. I think that's awesome. I think it's amazing. And I think in many, 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 many ways, it, it echoes biblical principles and are really, really helpful for believers and, and, and non-believers alike. And so I'm, I'm really thankful for it. Um, but if that's the goal in and of itself, um, I think it's ultimately going to, to really, really fall short of what's possible when we pair growth with a vision for our lives that's bigger than our own, that's bigger than the, our, you know, like I, I would ask many people, what's the goal of your pursuit of personal growth? That's, that's a question that stumps folks. That's a question yeah. that, that it's usually something career centric, or I want my family to be better without that's something really, really concrete behind it. And I think, um, unless that vision is big and has some level of sort of clarity to it, not, not like, you know, every step between here and there, uh, but as some, some level of clarity, it's just going to be harder to really, really make happen and, and trickle down into your, your day by day. And oftentimes your hour by hour, minute by minute choices that mm-hmm. ultimately lead to sort of a life with momentum and, and, uh, an impact behind it. 
Yeah, man. No, I, you know, it's interesting when, when you talked about the biblical principles behind uh, personal growth. So are you familiar with John Maxwell? Yep. So John Maxwell is, you know, one of the leadership gurus when it comes to self-development. And it's funny, he actually graduated from the college that I that I attended, Ohio Christian University. And he he came for a conference and he said that um, there were like these big corporations or whatever who were like, hey, we want you to come speak to our people. But listen, like, you know, drop the Bible stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem at all. No problem at all. And he came and he just starts ripping off all of these, you know, um, all these biblical principles, right? Yep. In like self-development format. And they're just like, you know, standing ovation, all these things happening. And then at the end, he's like, guys, that, that's pretty much all from the Bible. Like basically the whole the whole concept of even like, you know, Arate being being the best version of of you is truly like, well, where did that originate? <laughs> you know what I mean? But then there's that dark side where where we think it's up to us. And I think that that's what you spoke on really well. I, I I think if you, I think if you look at the, you look at the pages of the Bible, you know, like take it as a, take it as a narrative and take it um, sort of start to finish. It, it is a story of growth and a story of um, sort of potential being developed, not just sort of like, you know, downloaded or, or um, just sort of dropped from a hat, but developed and grown and people being stretched ultimately like this is the way you know a number a number of years into following god like i look at the bible as as the story of people getting a picture for their lives god giving them a picture for their lives and then it taking way longer and being way harder for those things to come to fruition and i don't that's not because god just likes to drag things out or i think it's because us getting the thing isn't as important to him as the growth that pursuing that thing will bring mm. into us and into our Amen. lives. Amen. Yeah, man. Falling Amen, in love pastor. with the process. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Falling in love with the process is the most, the most incredible, incredibly important thing. Um, so, uh, so there's a book called um, Happiness, and I can't remember his name. I forget his name, but basically, I remember there are three things he talks about. He talks about there being. Um, the 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 rat racer the hedonist and the nihilist right so the rat racer is always looking for like the goal right so yep. the absolute goal and that's all they're focused on and and they're a slave to to the future right and yep. then the hedonist is is focused on the focused on um on the moment right and then the nihilist has given up on on the future and the moment because of what has happened in the past. And it's just really intriguing because even like science will break it down and say, how do you remain happy? And what it is, is it's falling in love with the process of growth and the process of climbing a mountain. People spend, you know, 10% of the time on the peak of the mountain as they do climbing it. Right. Right. My point's no longer relevant. <laughs> your, your point's not relevant? No, Why? it's fine. Go. Did I, did I steal yeah, your thunder? I, yeah, and my voice Sorry. is not allowing me to cooperate right no, now. So. Yeah, we're struggling today. That's okay. No, you. that was fine. Go ahead. I don't have it now. Between <laughs> prego and sick brain. That's rough. Watch it. I mean, we all know it's true. It. <laughs> it is true. It is true. I'd um, get your questions. I can I can respond to that real quick if yeah if sure I mean it's just an echo of the same 
same idea. But, um, you know, we, we mentioned earlier that that sort of one of the common um, sort of themes of the millennial is like the, hey, I, I, I'm not as far along as I thought I would be by now. And in what in all these different categories. And that, that really is an articulation of someone who is not in love with the process, who, who the, the journey is just a means to an end for them. And I think when we do that, we, we miss out on, um, we miss out on the, the power of what's happening with us. I was just having a conversation with a guy this week and, and um, he was like, Oh, I'm, I'm just feel like I'm a millennial. <laughs> He's like, I'm behind in this. Like, Oh, I just thought I'd be further along, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, man, I understand that. And I think there's, there's, I think it's worthwhile sort of grieving some of the lost opportunities or missed opportunities. And, um, you need to be really, really clear that God cares more about um, your growth and your progress than your success. You need to be really mm-hmm. clear that that this is the stuff that God cares about. Um, this is where these these words like sanctification, like where they that's the, where the rubber meets the road, man. This is that's where like you becoming more like God, where that stuff really, really shines through. Um, if God wanted us to just be better and have our crap together, he, he would, would have, and could have just made us better. Mm. He chose for us to, to, to operate and function, um, in a certain way and to have this capacity, this capacity for change and capacity for growth. And so I don't think he minds it. And I don't think he cares as much about the, the, the length of time that it takes us to get from A to B as we do. Well, when you guys are talking about this, it made me think of something. I was listening to a podcast recently. Um, I think it was Tony Robbins, and he was interviewing um, Michael Phelps and then Sean White. And they were talking about how, you know, obviously they trained really hard for the Olympics and uh, in their sports. But they said that after the high of that is over, almost all of those Olympic athletes go into a really deep depression because mm. they're like, okay, now what? Mm. And there's... And I think that just speaks to what we were talking about is you're never happy even when you get to that mountaintop or you get to that thing if you aren't learning how to enjoy the process and enjoy your life today in the mundane. Like this is something I'm preaching to myself as a stay-at-home mom. I'm trying to to love the daily crazy mundane how are crazy and mundane? That's like an oxymoron, but it is like, right. you know, I do the same thing every day, but it's crazy. Um, but how will I ever expect to be happy, you know, at the next stage of life or the next thing we reach if I can't just enjoy now? And I think that you guys hit the nail on the head with so many of us just think we have to get somewhere to be able to enjoy life. Right. But it's very clear that even the Olympic athletes who have all the money, all the stuff in the mm-hmm. world, all the success, all the recognition, they still come off that high of that mountaintop and they're like, okay. I did it. Now what? They're still not satisfied. Right. Right. We can learn so much from, from people who have achieved what we want to achieve. And the, I guess you would say like the rush that they get, it's like, well, I thought it would be, I thought it would be better. Um, and like, I was kind of going back to in my mind while John was saying that I was, I was kind of going back to, to the, to the, um, analogy of, a mountain, you know, it's like when you get to the top of the mountain, you're not just proud because you're enjoying the view. You're proud because 
your arms and your legs and your body is exhausted. And you're just like, I can't believe I did it. I can't believe I pushed through what I needed to push through to get to this view. You know, it's not about the view. It's about the process on the way there. Totally. Have you ever climbed a mountain? I've not. (laughs) We rode, wait, we Uh, rode a chairlift up one. (laughs) We did ride a chairlift. That was a rush. I tried (laughs) to climb, like, what is it called? Bouldering? Is that what it, yeah. bouldering? Is that where you're just in like free Arizona, climbing? Yeah. We were in Arizona and mm-hmm. I like am in love with mountains and climbing and stuff. I want to do that. On you. No, but I got up really high and Mr. Play It Safe here. Well, was, there are a lot of snakes up there. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, our kids <laughs> need <laughs> one parent. So That's he just right, kept man. yelling at me the whole time. Like, okay, like, I think you're high enough. Like, I'm a telling you, man, father. Put, put in a good word for me for, uh, for the next Phantom Lake. Uh, Phantom Lake. <laughs> With uh, Brian, because I can do that. I'm not he even sure ride, I could go to. He's scared of snakes. <laughs> I'm, and I mean, I have, or any other... I have other skills in life, and those, yeah, are just not included. But I am willing to push myself. It's just, it's scary. Yeah, take me. I'm. I don't know if I can reach though. I'm not even quite five foot, so I'm not sure if you. They make bikes my size. Oh, they they make them. They make them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. I, I think sometimes our it's part of the reason I take, take the bike trips is because it's, you know, it's not the only, it's not the only way. It's not even the best way. It's just a way. And I happen to like it and I already have a motorcycle, but it's a way that you can, um, remind yourself that, that being stretched, that being challenged, that going someplace you haven't been before, um, really, really like that's practice for the rest of your life. That's, that's, that's not like the reason. (laughs) And I'll say like, I, I've done a, done the adventure thing a bit and, um, you know, even like the big motorcycle trip, uh, there was some wild stuff that happened. Um, yeah, some wild stuff that happened and that, the thing that has grown my, that pales in terms of its, uh, ability to grow my capacity to having kids. So like for mm. the moms out there, like, jeez, uh, like that, that is, <laughs> If anybody asks me, what, man, what can I do? What can I do to find another gear? What can I do? Have a kid. No, <laughs> have man. Have a few. You're going so to right. do it. Like, it's going to grow you. Um, oh, you're right. Ways right. aren't easy and aren't comfortable. Um, but for, for me, like, the the trying to get out and, and have a little bit of challenge and fun packaged together um, is just a reminder that, like, a vacation or or time away that that being refreshed or being renewed doesn't have to look like, you know, sitting on the beach with a big drink and a, t- you know, a little tiny umbrella in it. Although I love that. They all that, that actually it. sounds great. It's also. Amazing, especially yeah. when it's 18 degrees out, but, right. um, but it's not the only way. And it sort of, it helps you recognize that stretch point in your mind when you experience mm. it in any other category of your life. Ooh, that was kind of convicting. Cause I've always been really intrigued by people who use their vacation time for, you know, go trips and mission trips and things like that, where they're out in, you know, 115 degree weather, you know, building in like these really poor villages and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's a vacation. Uh-oh, God's calling <laughs> you terrible. to go. I know. And I was like, oh man, that's, it's true though. Like any, any opportunity you have to grow, I guess we should, uh, you know. Who's going to keep all our kids? Take though? advantage. I keep, yeah, seriously, you might have to grow more on that trip than I will. Oh, gosh. Every time Crossroads advertise, I'm like, okay, am I, spo- am I supposed to go? Like, that, that'll be really hard. And then I'm like, who's going to keep all these kids? Right. It's brutal. We'll figure yeah. out the answer. You let us know. Because the last <laughs> time I went on a bike trip, all three of our kids got the flu. And my oh, man. 
my poor wife, wife is a saint. Was like just a couple weeks ago she is a saint she's oh man she's awesome man does she stay home with the kids too she works she works full-time um lucky she <laughs> <laughs> well, seriously she works full-time um but ended you know while i was on this motorcycle trip this past uh, about a month ago now all three of our kids got the flu she didn't sleep for like 36 hours straight mm. uh, and you know she's She's a badass. She's way tougher. Yeah. yeah, dude. Women are. He always, dude. He always says, he's like, in high school, I never would have said this, but now I will tell you, you're way tougher than me. That's yeah. right. Oh, That's yeah. Right. Oh, dude. Yeah. Which earns you guys brownie points, by the way. Absolutely. Once you've, once you've just tasted what it's like to, you know, be home with the kids for right. extended period of time. And then you realize that's, that's, that's your spouse's life. You're just like, Oh no, no, <laughs> oh, no, not me. I'm not sure God put it in you guys. Maybe, maybe some dads maybe. out there, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, so how do we bring this full circle? I know we've gone a lot of directions, um, but when it comes to, when it comes to growth, I, you know, just to kind of, just kind of recap on some of these things, I feel like some really powerful things you said, Andy was just the fact that the fix in the growth mindset and the fact that we feel like just because we're not capable um, or just because we don't have the resources right in front of us doesn't mean that we're not supposed to, you know, shoot for that next big risk, right? So having the extra kid, um, you know, starting the business, uh, moving from one job to another, all that stuff, right? Yeah. I I, I think the first step is, is, is about getting really, really, um, really, really honest about the, the place that comfort has in our lives. How, how concerned are we with our own comfort? Cause that's always going to run in, op- in opposition to change, to growth, like growth and comfort exist on, on different sides of a spectrum. And, um, if we're, if, unless we're like a, like a pendulum that can swing back and forth between both sides of that pendulum, cause there are people who are just all about growth and they end up burning out. But for many of us, you know, we're way, way, way over on the comfort side of that pendulum. So we just need to get honest about the role that that plays in our life and, um, and whether or not we're willing to, to set that aside for something better. Cause if we're, if we're not, nothing's going to change. And what, what kind of story do we ultimately want our life to be? Do we want it to be about a guy who, wanted a sane nine to five job and a a reasonably priced, uh, reliable car and that's it. Or do we want our story to be one that our grandkids talk about that our grandkids say, Hey, (laughs) do you remember when, when this happened or, or can you believe that the grandma or grandpa accomplished this or changed these people's lives or wrote the book or did the thing or whatever, um, the path of least resistance is it just, it's never going to get us any place good. And we just need to acknowledge that and either choose to do something different or get okay with being comfortable and not having a life of impact. Ooh. Amen. You're, you're preaching to us right now because I always say, first of all, we always say if nothing changes, nothing changes, how stupid simple it is. But That's, I love that if nothing changes, if nothing changes. And then I always tell him, especially when he's getting stressed out about something we've got going on. I'm like, look, it's just a little chapter in our story. That's going to be a fun one to read when we go, when we get through it, because nobody wants to read a book, like you said, of just this 
just here we did. Okay, live my life, and then I died. Like, yep, everything was fine. They just paid bills, and yeah, you know. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to read that book. I want. Right. I mean, as hard as it is to go through the challenging, scary times, like I want to put a book out there worth reading. Like you said, it's weird to think about being a grandma, first of all, hmm. but but yes, I want my kids and my grandkids to see that we took the risk, even. I mean, that's why we're doing what we're doing right now because doesn't like, even make we, sense if we don't do it now, then I, I don't know. Even if we failed, we don't want to have to ever look back and say, that's "Hey, right. remember that time we had that dream? And we felt like God was calling us. What if we would have done that?" Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. no, man. Yeah, powerful stuff, man. That's awesome. I feel like uh, you know something. I want to be clear on because I know John and I are John Na and I are are awfully aggressive. Um, but you're actually taking a guy who who was not super aggressive. Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur, so I have that for me. But uh, but we're super aggressive, and we're not saying it's wrong to to um, to work the nine to five and um, all of the, all of those things. But if it doesn't challenge you, if it doesn't grow you um, to be a better person, have better relationships, um, all of those things. I mean, it's not necessarily... Uh, You're not going to find fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Our, our, our life is the accumulation of lots of faithful decisions and faithful actions, but they have to be faithful in the right direction. And so this isn't, you know, like you said, this isn't about like chasing whatever thing pops up in our mind every day. This is about making a number of strategic choices to do something beyond what's normal, beyond what's comfortable. And then just working that and being diligent and being faithful in the direction of those things. And I think that that's where the, the sort of the weightiness and the impact of a life really, really shows up. Mm, Love it. Cool, man. Well, Andy, where can people find, uh, you know, more of your articles? Obviously we, we found you cause we loved, uh, we love your articles and all of those things you had to share. So where can people find out more about you, man? And, uh, and then we will uh, say goodbye. Yeah. I've written uh, a couple of, of articles again for the, um, for the church that I am a pastor at. And that's uh, that stuff can be found as well as a lot of other uh, great articles by people way, way, way more intelligent and articulate than myself, but uh, at crossroads.net. And it's .net, not .org, because fun fact, my <laughs> oh, husband. Don't even. Are you really? Fun gonna? fact, my husband oh, a couple times, oh, a few man. times oh, more than a this couple. year, uh, tithe to crossroads.org <laughs> in North Carolina. Love it. So when our crossroads sent us our giving statement, Chris was like, "Well, this can't be right." <laughs> That He's just been splitting it between oh, the, yeah. the two different cross. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So crossroads.net. Well, crossroads.net. And uh, we did not pick the most unique church name 23 years ago when we when we started right. this whole thing. It's actually very, very, very common. It's extremely Oh, common. yeah. Oh, dude, there's so many crossroads. It's crazy. It is crazy. Crossroads.net. Well, North yeah. Carolina enjoyed some of your tithes. They, they needed it. They did. Hilarious. <laughs> they did. Cool. Well, well thanks so much, Andy. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks, man. We will hope to have you have you back on the show sometime when we're not as sick and all those things. <laughs> It'll be great. Hope you guys feel better. Thanks, man. As usual, if this episode brought you value, if you feel like somebody you know could use this message about growth and faith and 
all these good things, go ahead and share it. And don't forget to subscribe to the show.